What's up, talking about our beautiful Saver Nation? We are ready to rock with you this Friday. That's oh, what yeah. it sounded like if I was a radio DJ. Yes, it would. Yeah. What would what would he uh, what would we call our legion of fans out <sighs> there? We need a, like a fun name for them. Yeah. So what's talking your idea? about our beautiful Savior podcast? There's no, I can't think of so a our good pun for that. Talk talkers. Oh, man, you nailed it. Chat chatty chatties. What's up out there? Our chatties. Talkheads. I don't like any of this. <laughs> okay. Well, you tell us <laughs> what you would like to be called. Beautiful Saver Nation. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like, uh, oh, you want to talk about our week? What do we do this week? Oh. I preached at another church for Lent. Sure. It was uh-huh. fun. I like preaching at other churches. Yep. I also like preaching at our church. Where were you? Resurrection in Centerville. Mm. And I really like their sanctuary. But their chancel is cylindrical. So explain what a chancel is. Chancel is the... Like the front part of the church where the pastor usually speaks from. So like, it's like and, a step up. Yeah, the step up. And they have like a bunch of steps up. Oh. And it's, it's, yeah, it's like probably seven steps. Like you're significantly higher Whoa. than the uh, people sitting in the, in the seats. And it's uh, cylindrical. Like I said, it's like, um, so it echoes a lot. Interesting. And it's really like, I mean, it's fun to be talking up there. But when you sing... You feel like you are the loudest singer in the entire world. Good thing you have such a great voice. I have voice. a beaut and I, I boomed it out on Wednesday night. <laughs> Christ the life of all the living. And I led the people. Did you get a lot of compliments after? People, yeah, they gave me a lot of compliments. Like, why did you sing so loud? And you made it tough for us to worship tonight. And please do not come back next Lent. So yeah, a lot of good feedback for me. Cool. No, I really love that church. It's a fun, fun church of people. I love Lent, going Me too. going to other churches. I like preaching in our church, like I said. But it's fun to go to other churches too. I mean, anything else happened there? They had a dinner, which was nice. I had some salad. Oh, I forgot about like Lenten suppers. Yeah, Lenten suppers. Oh wow! Back in the day, uh, we used to rush through Lenten supper. We'd go to church right after school, then have Lenten supper, you know, and then Soup go and over sandwich. to the Shoreline House to play. Pick up basketball. Ooh, so nice. pick up basketball is sort of intertwined in my memories with Lent. <laughs> I tried, <laughs> after the service on Wednesday, I was like, uh, okay, who uh, wants who's to? Up for <laughs> yeah, we got enough for five on five or no? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, was, we did. She, we played. Good. We played for several hours. Good. Yeah, sprained the old ankle. <laughs> Time for <gasps> the serious stuff. Theme for this Sunday is Rethinking Suffering Under the Cross. Yeah, this theme is amazing. Yes. The Sunday school lesson is Palm Sunday. The king arrives. So this is recorded in all four Gospels. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, Jerusalem for the last time before he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus says he kind of comes close to the city before this. He goes, he's in Bethany. Mm-hmm. Um Thinks Friday evening, Saturday morning. So he's there with probably Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And then he goes to uh, a town called Bethphage. So these just these are towns like right next to Jerusalem. So he's like kind of spending time with people before he goes to Jerusalem for this last last time. So he's got special plans to enter the city. Uh, why why does he want this to be a big big deal? Um. Whoa! Well, why, why does Jesus want this to be a big oh, procession? Oh well, I mean, there's there were um, messianic prophecies tied mm-hmm. to this. Do you so remember what book prophesied the donkey like ride? He, oh yeah, totally. Um, Isaiah, no. Jeremiah. No, keep going. 
Uh, I don't know. Starts with a Z. Zechariah. Zechariah. Yep. Zechariah 9. I knew that, actually. I thought you did. Yeah. So he's he wants this to, he's not only fulfilling prophecy, but this is a big drawing attention to him. Yeah. So like what he's, he's come to do. Uh, so he's he's got he sends a couple of disciples to go get a donkey for him to ride in on to fulfill the prophecy, and he tells them exactly what it's going to be like. You know this this is you're going to find this donkey here. You know tell them the master needs the donkey and the people are going to be okay with it. Two schools of thought on this: one, you know these people are willing to let Jesus use this donkey because they know him, or two, this is part of Jesus' divine power. Uh, that he's displaying, that he knows exactly where this donkey is, and the people will be, you know, compelled to give him this donkey because of his divine power. I don't know that we, it doesn't matter terribly one way or the other. It's not like we lose any respect for Jesus of his power if he knows these people ahead of time. I think we do, even, either way, we see his omniscience and the fact that he, he tells them, you know, go, f- you're going to find this donkey here, and that you should go get me. They're going to ask you why donkey. or who, which one was it? So the whole city of Jerusalem is stirred up by this event. Um, Jesus rides in on the donkey. Why Why does he choose a donkey instead of, like, a really cool horse? Yeah. Well, name, I mean. Like, maybe the horse's name is Laser. Ooh. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, besides fulfilling the prophecy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what is he communicating by riding on a donkey um, instead of a horse? Humility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, riding on a horse, like a big... Stallion or something was something a king would do if they were looking proud. for yeah. um, everybody to be impressed. But Jesus is expressing his humility. I think I don't know, we probably have talked about Palm Sunday in this podcast before. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit when we come up to that, you know, Palm Sunday the, the week before that. But just the kind of thinking of a comparison in modern terms for a donkey versus a um, um, like a, a nice horse. I think maybe I think we've said like a pickup truck. Versus like a sports car, you know, pulling up to or or like one of the those lovely, beautiful trucks. I think stay in the same category: truck, truck, car, car. Okay, like what <laughs> beautiful truck are you thinking of? Because I'm th- here's what I'm thinking: so pulling up to a VIP event in like a Ford Bronco, a Ford Ranger, instead of pulling up to I mean, what do people usually ride up to the Oscars in? A limo. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking like. Got something it. that's designed for durability versus something that's designed for glamour. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Uh, so you. people um, respond to Jesus. It doesn't look like a royal procession, but the crowds there act like it does. Um, and they're moved by faith to praise Jesus. Do you think they understood the nature of his kingdom? I, I think that it was um, misunderstood that this, you know, promise this is the savior that was promised, but it was like he's going to deliver us from the oppression that we face here on this mm-hmm. earth. Like that's that's the mission. A recognition of power and potential, mm-hmm. but not applying that promise. Right. You know, this is what this king has come to do. So, yeah, did everybody in the crowd fully understand what was going on? Probably not. Uh, they're, they're spreading cloaks on the ground before him. That's an old tradition meant to show respect. You know, you're, the hooves of this donkey aren't even going to touch the ground. Like, you know, yeah. walk on our coats. Like, we have yeah. such respect for you. That's that's how we feel. And the scattering of palm branches was, uh, was fulfilling uh, the prophecy of Psalm 118. And so I have a note here. One of the, the commentaries talked about the customs of, of some festivals in the Old Testament were carried to other festivals. So 
carrying palm branches and other green foliage, the public singing of the Hosanna, these are all part of the Feast of Tabernacles, oh. which would have you know been an Old Testament festival. But they get, some of these things get moved to this day, which interesting. is interesting. I mean, this isn't kind of like out of the yeah. blue for them. Like these are things they would have been used to doing as Old Testament Israelites, and now they're transferring them to this this day, which is pretty hmm. cool. Uh, they're shouting Hosanna to the son of David, you know, which is praising him. You know, Hosanna means save us. And why connecting them or calling him son of David is an acknowledgement of what? Um, well, he's fulfilling the prophecy. Yeah, so he is the Messiah. Yeah. But like you said before, it just doesn't seem like they totally understand what like, the Messiah is supposed to right. do. I've seen video, like, you know, every once in a while people do movies of, uh, like, Jesus' life based on the Gospels. How do you picture the disciples here? Like, what are they doing? Well, I mean, they're walking with Jesus, but what do you picture them looking like? Um, I don't know. I yeah. guess I've never really thought, thought about, about it. it. I've thought about that a lot. Like, I look, I imagine them looking very confused. Yeah. And then sort of like, as they're going like, on, dude, like, dude, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, who could have thought this? I mean, because consistently they've been telling Jesus he shouldn't go to Jerusalem because they're mm-hmm. worried that he's going to get killed. Right. And instead he gets this hero's welcome. Mm-hmm. So just this, like, what is happening? Why are these people reacting this way? And then slowly, like, I really... Love this. This is yeah. great. And to be associated with Jesus would have been really nice in this moment. Right. I think. That makes me important. Yeah. So there's the connection to him. Uh, I guess I did think about that a lot before. I just forgot that I thought about Sure. That. Yeah. Some of the Jewish leaders are upset at Jesus for letting the crowds praise him this way. They recognize this is worship. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, Jesus, you're encouraging blasphemy. Do you remember what Jesus says? If I tell these kids oh, to, to be yeah. quiet. Um, so if I tell them to stop, I can make the rocks. The God rocks will, will God would have the rocks cry out. Yeah. You know, either, no matter what, you know, you're not going to be able to stop this praise. I'm the Messiah, mm-hmm. and people are going to recognize that that's who I am. All right, just some of the kind of thinking through the, the concepts of this lesson. So he's coming to Jerusalem knowing he's going to die, which is so interesting to think about him being true man. And was it nice for him to receive this kind of praise? I think it would have been agonizing bittersweet right yeah. i mean this the the acclaim you've come here to save us but also knowing they don't get it and also knowing you know five days from now i'm going to be hanging on a cross that it's possible he could see the place where he was going to die mm-hmm. as he rode into the city um not see it because it would be outside the city but just no that's that's where i'm going to end up that's where they kill criminals so just the awareness to come to the city knowing that this is this is where I, i'm not leaving the city alive i'm going to die yeah. Uh, Jesus is our king because he conquers sin, death, and the devil. So that speaks to what you were talking about before, that they just were so con- convinced he'd come to fix their earthly life. Yeah. Which I, I think when I was younger, I was like, what a stupid idea. You know, how do they not understand? But I think I totally would have been caught up with that, too. I mean, kind of the national pride. Like, we're, you know, we are down right now. The Roman government is really, you know, has their boot on us. But, you know, we're looking for someone to come and rescue us. And you think of the events of Hanukkah and, and what had happened, you know, maybe about 100 years before this or a little bit more than that. Just the the Jewish leaders rising up and take, you know, we're defending our homeland. And just thinking, man, if we just had somebody like that again who could come up and, you know, the Maccabees and, and protect us, we'd, we'd be good. And now here's this guy that can make food appear from nowhere and heal the paralyzed and raise the dead just i think i would have been totally into that like yeah he's gonna come and Mm -hmm. and you know i mean we do that now Mm -hmm. too because god is supposed to be helping us with this life right like how come my life now isn't 
great. Right. So rather than Jesus coming and dying horribly, and what a powerful thing that is, and I'm going to heaven because of it, it's like, well, what about my career? Like yeah. Jesus was supposed to make me have a job that I really liked, or Jesus was supposed to make this person like like me back when mm-hmm. I like liked them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's totally natural to get yeah. caught up in that, but it's just we also miss the point right. two thousand years later. Right. And that I mean that fits with our theme for today, that, that suffering often we look at God and say, You're doing it wrong mm-hmm. and Palm Sunday's a good reminder, like, no, he knows what he's doing. This yeah. is this is what the right way looks like sometimes. And then the last note I have there, the joy of this day stands in sharp contrast to the woe of Good Friday. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times we think about Sunday to Friday, but you think about Sunday to Sunday, you know, the very next Sunday, Jesus will be again (gasps) in triumph. Just less people will be there to see it. Uh, Some of the illustration ideas I had for for kids, um, some of the kids may have been to a wedding, seen what happens when the bride and groom enter the room, you know, like for the grand march at the reception, mm-hmm. when everybody turns to look at them. A lot of pressure if you're in a member of a wedding party to oh, do yeah. something Think funny something for the funny. grand march. Yeah, just, there's very few things that can go right there. You almost <laughs> always like do, do something. Like, go, no, out for, go for a pass. <laughs> I'll pretend to throw you a pass. And everyone will be like, oh, they're, they're playing football. Play so football. Whoa. <laughs> or what what, else did, what did you do? Um... What was your funniest? I've one? locked out whatever I did. <laughs> I've, I've had I've been to several people's weddings, and I've always like, oh, this is gonna kill. Yeah. Whatever I worked out with, and it does. And it, it does. No, it does not. It's like you just go sit down in your seat, and your <laughs> your heart is racing, and you're, like you're sweaty, and you're just like, I hope everybody forgets what they just Didn't saw. Didn't we do something silly? Like, what do you think we did? I don't remember uh, recall. It was silly. I think we just walked in. No, we did something. Do we do like a? Did I make you go out for a pass? <laughs> yeah, go for probably, a pass. Probably. Probably. <laughs> It's a touchdown. (laughs) She caught it, folks. (laughs) Uh, But just yeah, the attention. You know, this is this person's day. Right. Uh, So this is Jesus' day. This is Mm -hmm. a a day to notice him as king. Or um, (laughs) just imagine (laughs) Peter go for a pass. (laughs) We. Oh, boy. Uh, or uh, another option would be if you've been to a basketball game, how the players are introduced. Oh, yeah. You know, especially the home starting lineups, the mm-hmm. lights lights go down. I mean, from our childhood, the Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah. The, um, can you hear the music in your head? The yes. From Man, my heart is going. Six foot six, Michael <laughs> Jackson. I got you. I got you, you did. Good. No, Michael. Michael Jordan, obviously. So, yeah, just a, a day in which Jesus is introduced to Jerusalem as their king. Mm-hmm. And they don't get it, which makes this an incredibly interesting day. Yeah. He's their king, and just not in a way that they and are ready to understand. And he's still going to do it, and he's still going to be their king, and they're still going to get that benefit. Right. Um, <laughs> despite, yeah. Okay, Job. We just talked about Job and Ash Wednesday. Uh, that was sort of the end of Job, where God spoke to Job and basically called him out, and Job repented. Mm-hmm. This is from the very first chapter of Job. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So this is bad news. Yes. His oxen right. are stolen, uh, and his donkeys, and his servants are killed. So yeah. just to back up a little bit, um, 
the the setting of Job is interesting. That the devil comes before God somehow. Yeah. Uh, some of it is a little bit beyond our understanding, but the the devil is kind of like almost mopey a little bit. Like you know, you never let me give me a fair shot with yeah. anybody in your like kingdom. you're cheating mm-hmm. you're cheating god you've built a hedge around job right uh, i think the he's rich. imagery he's used everyone likes him yeah his life is going so well mm-hmm. and god basically tells the devil you know you have permission to take some of those things away or all of those things away and i yeah. promise you he's still going to stick with me yeah and just silly for the devil to think somehow he was going to win right. this but that's part of Part of the devil's whole thing mm-hmm. is the the thinking that somehow it's going to be different this yeah. time. For as clever as the devil is, he has not learned from Mm-mm. his initial being sent down by God. So that's what's what's going on here. Verse 16, while this servant was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. So now more of his flock is gone. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. So you just imagine, you know, modern terms. You pull up your bank app or you look online, uh, and you see that every bit of your retirement income, your savings account, your checking account has been wiped out. Mm-hmm. And you felt like boom, you boom, boom. you felt like you were in a good position. Like, you know, the future mm-hmm. was going to be fine. It was very secure. Yeah, because you God had blessed you with a lot of wealth. And now in a matter of like, and it's almost comical, the one messenger's coming, you know, almost cutting mm-hmm. off the sentence of the one before them. And you've just lost it all. all. Job has lost all of his wealth. But then it gets worse. Verse 18, while he was still speaking... Yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house and collapsed in them, and they are dead. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. You just think what was going on in Job's, not just his <sighs> like mind, but his body at this point. Oh, like, yeah. How does your body even process? Yeah, like, the trauma response. Yeah, I'm, I've lost all my wealth, and now my ten kids. Yep. I've lost 10 kids. I just think of the people that we know that have have struggled with the loss of one kid and how painful right. that is. It's just uh, to lose a child is is a special kind of heartbreak in this world. And you know, mm-hmm. your heart bleeds for, for someone going through that. And then 10 yeah. at one point is mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. But the reason, I mean, this, this gets included on a Sunday like this is Job's response. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head, which was a traditional sort of yeah. grief display morning then he fell to the ground and worship and said naked i came from my mother's womb and naked i will depart the lord gave and the lord has taken away may the name of the lord be praised in all this job did not sin by charging god with wrongdoing yeah okay seriously that that verse mm-hmm. verse 21 like b the lord gave and the lord has taken away may the name of the lord be praised like that is so just having that perspective in your life it's like it, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, just So, I mean, what is Job saying? I don't deserve anything. Right. So the things I did have were a bonus, were a gift, mm-hmm. including my family. Yeah. So it's, yeah. those are God's things to determine whether I have them or I don't have them. That's not mm-hmm. my role. So just to have your praise of God not tied to your circumstances right. is such maturity in faith. And, I mean, that's what... We all pray God would give us mm-hmm. that my trust in God remains steady mm-hmm. no matter what's happening in my life. Because too often uh, when things are going well, 
it's crazy how it works. Like when things are going well, maybe I'm not thinking about God that much. So my trust is just kind of there, like, but it's not really challenged because I feel good about things. And then as soon as my life is not going the way that I want to, and sometimes it does happen, like all in a row like this, right? It, it I mean, seems just to be the case, yes. Yeah, you just you 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 can be your you know Job's health is going to be a question later, you know, in the next chapter. But it can be your health, it can be your finances. Sometimes those things are tied together. It can Snowball, be your relationships, yeah. Yeah, it can be your 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 work or just you know things. I think we've sometimes noticed like maybe something there's we're going through something difficult in church like mm-hmm. so it's our for that it's our for us that's our work you know so mm-hmm. something difficult's happening at church then maybe one of us will have a health issue mm-hmm. i mean you've been the one that's struggled more with that and then all of a sudden like the basement will flood yeah <laughs> and so it's like you're being attacked on and then three you know what you know what fronts. you do every single time you you get on your knees and you worship and you say like he gave me this basement and he's taking it away you're making like, me look bad <laughs> i've never done that you have <laughs> no, actually, but on a very serious note, like I think that is why instead of having a very, very, you know, rocky time during when I was like coming through the, you know, fallout of having a car accident when I was 14, I I really actually thrived. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because like this mindset, I remember Pastor Zuberbeer coming and reading this yeah. to me mm-hmm. um in the hospital yeah and i was like yes like seriously i mean it's just it's so like yeah it, when you know like everything's a gift yeah yeah it's, it's, yes exactly it's god's prerogative to decide right. how long we have that gift or if we have mm-hmm. it at all and that's hard. I mean, I think for for your specific circumstances, it feels like the ability to walk and have a typical high school experience is a given. Right. But yeah, it's it's like, a no, gift. No, that's a gift. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's I've I've always appreciated and admired that in you that you have that mindset that this is this is God's will and whatever it is, I'm just blessed to be a part of it. And yeah, I know God that is so He good. is He is good. Um, what do I do in the basement floods? Um, I don't think you feel like it's an issue at all. Like, you know, I mean, in a good way. Like, you don't, you're not like, oh, no, the basement flooded. You're like, it, it'll be okay. You know, and it's like, that's kind of a helpful thing. Oh. Like, you don't freak out. Well, clearly you're down in the basement during this time because you're taking care of it. Hmm. And I am actually upstairs praying on your behalf well, I appreciate it's so it. gross mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's so gross so I'm always like I just feel so bad for you mm, yeah it is it hasn't happened for a while which no. is, is nice yeah but do you feel like <laughs> we're gonna go home keep today the roots at bay oh be... no uh I mean may the name of the Lord be I think if you know whatever what? happens I think I'm gonna have a good attitude about this. And if we go home for lunch today and the basement's flooded, we we're just gonna put our house in the market immediately. <laughs> we'll be honest. We'll say, how can we? How would we phrase it in real estate terminology to um, make it sound like a positive? It's it's, it's full of life and, and <laughs> like I think Wait. of like those streams of living water and you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking like aquarium, like we'd be like potential, we have like the beginnings of an aquarium in our basement. Mm, I don't know if I'd buy that house. You're not the target audience. (laughs) We're looking for aquarium people. So Job does sin later. Yeah. Right? He does charge God with Mm -hmm. wrongdoing and claims that God is being unfair to him. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning of the book, yeah, it's, it's really, really amazing and inspiring to see Job's faith. 
And I think the reality is sometimes we do very well with this. Sometimes we lose something or something bad gets added to our life and we say, it'll be okay because God is with me and mm-hmm. people around me will help me through it. And other points, yeah, it's really easy to say, God, you are wrong in doing this. And it's helpful to watch somebody else like Job go through it and yeah. see, you kind of pull out, you zoom out and you see God looking at Job and you realize, no, this is part of the plan. It's going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. Jesus is walking into Jerusalem on a donkey and he's he's going to die five days later. And you zoom out like, hey, that's part of the plan. Like you see it. Yeah. I think I used this in a sermon once, um, like the mosaic idea. I remember going in our library in Thienesville, the Frank L. Weinberg Library. There was uh, a mosaic of like the what the town looked like back Ooh. in the 1800s. And, you know, when you're a kid, and I'm not very observant in general. You no, know that, definitely not. But when you're a kid and you're, like, short <laughs> and you're walking into, like, it, it was right by the kids' section. So I remember looking at it and just, like, walking up to be like, this is an ugly <laughs> piece of art. You know, like, with my... <laughs> I was not expecting very, that. Very, you know, my... As Matter a, of as fact. A 10-year-old, you know, wearing a little beret. <laughs> so contrived. What are they trying to say? The message is unclear. Mother... Come look at this. Come criticize this. Come criticize this mosaic with me. Doesn't it look contrived? (laughs) And then, you know, as I got older, I I think maybe it was even I went away to high school. And then I came back to the library and I was like, oh, it's like, it's a mosaic. Like, this is really a beautiful picture. Uh Because I could see it from further back. Further back. You know, when you're too close to it, it's like, yeah, it just looks like individual tiles that aren't even like cut. Mm -hmm. Square. And then, yeah, but then I could see it as an older, more mature person. Like, this is a beautiful piece of art. This yeah. is not contrived. And our artist's <laughs> message is very clear. The message is town. Mother, why were you criticizing this yeah. of me? <laughs> it should have, <laughs> should have helped me appreciate it, Linda. Uh, no, but just the perspective is what we get as Christians that you realize. God knows what he's doing when you're too close to it. Yeah, when the... And you find out the Sabaeans, as we are wont to do, find out the Sabaeans, you know, have taken all of your oxen. Yep. Um, or you're going through something incredibly sad. Yeah, you're too close to it. Yeah. But perspective of faith. Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, when it piles on, like, it, it is, mm-hmm. that is go time. Like, you're really having that perspective and being in the Word. And it's, we should say, too, this isn't like a mindset change. This isn't like... Okay, you know, kind of buck right, up. like self help. Hey, no, be, be fine mm-hmm. with this. No, it's not that at all. It's going back to the means of grace. Yeah, it's going back to over God's word, where God tells again. you, "It's I know what I'm doing. It's going to be okay." Mm-hmm. It's remembering your baptism that you are part of God's family, and mm-hmm. He's never going to mistreat someone in His family. Right, and it's going to the Lord's Supper and knowing we're loved and forgiven. So how could someone who loves us forgives us this much want to harm right. us? So this yeah. is all part of His gracious plan. Yeah. Romans 5, um, there's a lot here. I don't know that we'll go. It's to go through Romans 5, 1 to 11 in depth would be, that would a, whole be a whole Bible class. different podcast. <laughs> but we'll just touch on some important things here, especially why why this was included in this Sunday. I think it'll be clear. So it starts off, there. therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, which is a pretty rocking way to start yes. the chapter. <laughs> so justified, what's the imagery there? Justification? Made right with... Yes. What are you talking about? I'm just, sorry, I was not just, listening. Justified. What's the imagery of that um, word? Been declared not guilty. Yeah, it's courtroom imagery. So through faith, not through works. Yeah. Right? It becomes very clear. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we're declared not guilty in God's courtroom. So, And even the faith, we know, is the work of God the Holy Spirit. So because we've been declared not guilty, we have peace with God. Yeah. 
we are in three Back chapters inside. later. Paul will say, by nature, we are enemies of God. We're sinful minus hostile to God. But here he declares that through faith in Jesus, we have peace with God. Yep. That relationship is good. And it says, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So we have access wow. to God, which is mind-blowing. It you know, is. That we, we're not, we don't have to be afraid to enter God's throne room, but, mm-hmm. you know, as dear children come to their dear parents, as, you know, the wording, imagery Luther chose, we can go and tug on God's pant leg and say, I yeah. need help. I need you. I, yeah. You know, please encourage me, support me, give me what I need right now. And he does. We have access. We're not yeah. shut out. Uh, and we both boast in the hope of the glory of God. And here is exactly why it was chosen for this Sunday. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So rethinking suffering, Romans 5, we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. How does suffering produce perseverance? Um, well, it, you know, makes you have to buckle down and, like, put things, like, your priorities. Like, Mm -hmm. I've, so, I'm suffering, and so what is this life all about, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it is like exercise or working on or training for something that, it's not, not fun. I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy running. No. There's not, I mean, maybe, maybe the end of it. Yeah. Like maybe at the end of running, I'm like, okay, that was satisfying. But there's never a part of me that when the treadmill starts, I'm like, hooray. (laughs) Looking around at everyone with a big smile. Aren't we all glad to be here? How many times do you run a week? Like four? It's private. I don't want to talk about it. So, but yeah, I mean, it's the, the suffering of running or or working out or training, practicing for something Mm -hmm. makes you, makes you better. It helps you endure things you can do the more you train typically. Yeah. And what I was trying to get at is like your resolve is strengthened. Mm -hmm. Right. So our suffering produces, like we can handle more and more as we go through suffering. We realize, oh God got me through this. God will get me through this. This is plan. This is just, yeah. And so suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character. So you think, you know, someone who's been through a lot and has been taught by God to endure has a stronger character. Mm-hmm. Like just, and you think of what, what can that do for you to like survive things? Be Well, I always think about it as you get to be this source for other people, like this really solid, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you're, you are impact, you have a lot more impact on okay. people. You can help them navigate it. You can give yeah. them perspective that you've you know, been given by God. Um, and then character builds hope. And then hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So you, God draws a direct line between suffering and hope in Christ. Yeah. That these, you know, we can be taught through suffering, to lean on God more and more, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. So right. where you and I and all people initially when suffering happens are like, this is a bad, only bad. Yep. God says, actually, I can take this and make a straight line between this and hope. Yeah. And then you come out on the end and you're like able to then rejoice in suffering. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just maybe one more thing about this text. Like I said, there's so much in here. Um but verse 8, Romans 5, 8 is one of the verses that I come back to again and again. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that verse alone, you know, would be enough. Yeah. That verse alone would be enough to say, like, this is the gospel. Yep. You know, it's nothing that we did. You know, while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. And that also then gives you confidence in God that no matter what's happening, right. the God who died for you is going to... Do what's best. Right. All right. Do you want to read uh, the, the hymn?
Afflicted saint to Christ draw near. There's two verses in that. Afflicted saint to Christ draw near. Your Savior's gracious promise here. His faithful word you can believe. That as your days your strength shall be. Your faith is weak. Your foes are strong. And if the conflict should be long, the Lord will make the tempter flee. That as your days your strength shall be. I like that repeated phrase, yeah. you know, as many days as you have here on this earth, you'll be strong mm-hmm. because God will make you strong. So yeah. afflicted, I mean, it's just such an old school, afflicted saint to Christ drawn near is like, yeah. you know, something you can imagine some preacher in the 1700s saying, and here it is, you know, how many hundreds of years later, right. it's still powerful. It's still our plea or uh, God, please give me strength because I know things are going to be difficult. God gives us that. He tells us things are going to be difficult. So God, give me strength to endure it. Mm-hmm. All right. The final question is, what's one phrase you want to remember this weekend? One phrase from either the Sunday school lesson or our two readings. Oh, you go first while I look back. Okay. I mean, I think it's it's a tough call for me between that Job and you know, what Job says oh, yeah, in response. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, just the, the access to God, um, that I have access to, to the God, that God tells me things. Um, God doesn't keep me in the dark. There are some things God has chosen not to reveal. But this Sunday is all about God saying, look, I'm letting you in on it. I'm not just up in heaven detached from you and bad things happen to you. I'm like, just deal with it. You know, like right. I'm, I'm behind this curtain. And it's not your place to come talk to me, that we have access to God who gives us insight into why bad things happen and how God plans to use those bad things. So access to God and in the sense that he tells me things, that the communication goes that way, but it's also the other way too, where I can go to God when I'm going through difficult things. And that is, we've, we've said before in this podcast, my prayer life is the strongest typically Wish this wasn't the case, but I'm right. a sinful human being. My prayer life is strongest when I don't like what's happening in my life. Right, when you're struggling the so, most. So, yeah, that, my access to God, I tend to use that more when I'm not getting what I want. Mm-hmm. So, God, you know, give me what I don't want mm-hmm. as long as it means that I'm closer to you. Right. So, I don't understand what I need. I don't. So, God, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you promised you're going to do, which is to give me what I need. And sometimes what I need is to not get what I want. Yeah. And I'll be a baby about it sometimes, to be honest. You know, I'll like mope and, oh, why can't I have this thing? Nothing blah, 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 against blah. babies. Yeah, sorry if any babies are listening out there. Sorry, beautiful Savior Nation babies. But that's good for me, too. That yeah. I need to I need to be humbled. Right. And I, sometimes I need to have God look at me and say, I love you, but stop being a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, you know who I am. I'm the yeah. God who died for you. Mm-hmm. You have a phrase in there? Um, I mean, I just, the Job one. Just like recognizing when, when you know, I think, I think back to, sorry, I talked about this so much, but like when, when I was 14 and that, you know, car accident happened, my mom to like up to that point had just, made my life all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So like I knew my God so well because she had me in the word just devouring it every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Um and like we lit- like we from the moment we woke up to when we went to bed it was like Jesus 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 all day long. And so then 
you know, I knew who my God was. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was, you know, easy for me to actually have that just right there. It was written on my heart. So thanks, Mom. Yeah. Thanks, Lynette. Um, at our last pastor teacher conference, like where we went somewhere and, and met and learned, the presenter was talking about faith formation. And I think what you just said illustrates how important that is. Yeah. That parents have conversations with their kids consistently, talking about God's word, but then talking about how God's word applies to real life situations. Mm-hmm. And All that's, day long. You know, the adults are so key in the faith formation of kids, especially, you know, the adults that are raising you day to day so it pays off in mm-hmm. lots of ways it pays off in heaven most of all but the number one investment you can make for your kid is teaching them about jesus yeah and what he says about this life yeah all right we're trying something different oh and oh. little activity here we i found a little tin of 30 second mysteries in my teen group game <laughs> section and you're gonna ask me some yes things. okay Here's the case. Jason feels perfectly fit. He has no symptoms of any disease and feels no pain. After a brief exam with a doctor, Jason is told that he needs surgery. Jason has the operation and goes home bleeding profusely and in excruciating pain. The doctor declares the operation a success and tells Jason to go to work as soon as possible. Here's the mystery. What kind of degree does the doctor have? And what did the surgery accomplish? He's a dentist and he had his wisdom teeth removed. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, well, hold on. Oh, I, w- I had all these clues to give you. I didn't even need them. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the solution is, how did you? <laughs> the doctor has a dental degree, a DDS, mm-hmm. just in case you wondered. And removes Jason's wisdom teeth. How did you know it was... Oh, because... So I don't have wisdom teeth. I've never had wisdom teeth. My, ne- my never came. We'll, we'll pray. <laughs> They'll come in. I have mine. They're in. They're... they're uh, I think they're all right. Whoa. They feel like... I'm not a... I don't have my DDS. <laughs> but they feel weird to me. Like, when I touch them, I'm like... I keep expecting the dentist when I go in is going to be like... Your wisdom teeth are all like messed up, bro, and we gotta take them out. And I'd be like, I know, I felt them that way for several years, but every time I go in, he's like, they look fine. Hmm. I also did have twelve cavities in one dentist appointment several years ago. But so. it was very interesting timing. It was after a very long decade. Yeah, maybe with maybe one. that merits a little bit more discussion. Um, I, when we first got down into Cincinnati, I went to a dentist who was super kind and... Very kind. Very kind and a little bit elderly, I would say. And I appreciated how quick the dentist appointments were. Yep. And I got mm-hmm. in and got out. Yep. And then he retired, and mm-hmm. I was sad to see him go. I, I left nine years before Alex did, by the way. That's nine years is not true. No, it's true. No, it's yes, not. Yes, we've, we've only been here 12... You haven't been to that other dentist. You're derailing my story. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he retired, and he pointed me to the dentist across the parking lot. And I was like, okay. Whom I had already gone. To like, no, I had moved on. You didn't go to this person. This I was went, a different person. So I went to your Stop dentist one time. my story. I, no, I don't think you understand. I went to him once. Congratulations. You're really smart about tooth <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. So I went to this other dentist, and they did the initial exam. 
And the woman doing the initial exam said, I need to go get the main dentist. And I was like, that's probably not good. And they brought the main dentist in and she put her hand on my shoulder. <laughs> and I was like, that's never happened before. <laughs> and then she proceeded to tell me that I had 12 cavities. Yeah. And I think it was because, because I brush a lot. Like I No, you, you have I'm, very good I'm a dental good, hygiene. Pretty, pretty good brusher. Yep. Um, and yeah, so 12 cavities. And I think it was because I probably hadn't, Something had been over missed the years, over the years by the previous missed. dentist. So I wanted them to do all 12 cavities at once, and they refused. <laughs> so I did four in one session and then eight in another, and it was mm-hmm. like a two-hour appointment. Mm-hmm. And they let me watch all of um, The Dark Knight, yeah, the Batman movie. Yeah, I remember I, that. Yeah, I, was, I watched in a, almost, a, they, they finished up with 10 minutes to go in the movie. And, you and they said, you're free to go. And I said, is it okay if I watch the end of the movie? <laughs> And they looked at me very weird and said, yeah. So for the last 10 minutes, I was just, they were gone. I was alone in the room. But I had so watched, funny. I had watched all the Dark Knight. They didn't want to like, not watch it's the end. last 10 minutes. It was very kind of them to let me watch Aww. it. And I just showed myself out at the end. <laughs> with my eight filled cavities. All right, you got to, we got to do oh, one more? This yeah. is a long episode. We got time. Oh, one more mystery. Yes. Didn't you pick yes, another uh-huh. one? Yes, uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, here's the case. I have a lot of clues for you if you need them. I don't, I'm not going to need them. Against the recommendations of her friends and family, an elderly woman begins an unusual diet. Her menu includes a wide variety of foods, but ultimately, she eats something that kills her. Here's the mystery. What was the first item of the diet, and what was the last? This elderly woman. elderly woman lady. against... It's something that... Okay, give me one of the first clues. Sure. By the time she ate the last item, her death was expected. I'm going to give you more. Oh, no, that's way too easy. Okay. Uh, the woman made pet owners in her neighborhood very nervous. Is this 101 Dalmatians? No. Wait, pet owners in her neighborhood. But you're on a good track. The woman went horse after swallowing the oh, last item. Oh, it wasn't item. a woman who swallowed a fly. Yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. That's good. That was not. That's not on top of my head. That song. Oh, it's not. Because no, I. Not. That's always. I mean, it is a banger. I wake wake up with that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's, every what I, that's what I listen every morning. I'm gonna start listening to that when I run. <laughs> Just get a blast in my headphones. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly. Yeah, and the she died after swallowing a horse. So sad. <laughs> I remember that part. Okay. Anything else? Nah, no. What a bummer <laughs> to end on that note. Dude, <laughs> Bye.